Welcome to Zion Consciousness and Covenant, a special edition coming to you live, except that we're never really live, but we are live where we are in front of a live studio audience, as they say. July 11th, 2015, in Spanish Fork, Utah, the Hardy Christian Temple. This is our special workshop of one mind and one, what is it? Heart. Thank you. I almost said body, but we're not going to do that today. <laughs> and I'm Andy Rasmussen. Satnam, I'm Namjoti Kar. Thank you. Formerly known, also known as Felice Austin. I don't think on the podcast I've said my spiritual name, but it might as well. It's Vedjot Singh. Um, so we're going to do a couple of things today. We're going to have, we have a loose topic uh, coinciding, of course, with the the theme of the workshop of One Heart and One Mind, and building bridges coming together in a, in a Zion consciousness, which is fantastic that we got to do this here. Also, we're going to do um, questions and answers. Since we're not in a studio, we can take answers from the, or questions from the studio audience here. So if you have, okay, yes, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you have a question at any point, just raise your hand, and then if you want to do a more formal something, I was going to uh, just talk to the new people a little bit. Okay. So, um, one thing that I, I like to tell new people is that um, you're not really new, just feels new right now, but you're really just jumping back into something that you've probably been doing for eons of time. And so, even though it may all be strange and different, you can still have as deep of an experience as someone who's been doing this for a long time. Just um, the important thing is to just open your heart and just give it your best, okay? doesn't mean that you have to like be hardcore and do the whole five minutes of stretch pose, <laughs> but do your darn best, and then when you can't do any more, you rest, and then you join us again when you're, you're ready, okay? And, um, you know, someone who's been practicing for 22 years might might have less of an experience because they're having a cheating day or whatever. <laughs> so, but the point is, is like, you're really not new. You could have been my teacher at some point. So, welcome back. Welcome home. Thank you. I screwed this over just a bit. <clears throat> All right, Felice. Nam Jyoti. Should we start off with the, just, oh, let's just get our thoughts. I've never been watched before I know. <laughs> while doing this. I'm usually on the phone in my pajamas. <laughs> you have been on this podium and on this stage quite a bit, however, teaching. Yeah. Let's just do a, first let's start with your thoughts on, on the theme. This was um, purposefully done here in Utah to... Talk about one heart and one mind and building bridges. So take off from there. Just what are your thoughts? Why did you want to do this? Why did Lonnie's been put, I know Lonnie's been putting it together, but you were at the inception party there where the idea was put forward. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Um, Oh gosh. I'm without words. I just, you know. Here, you hold this. (laughs) It's like... Honestly, I don't know what to say. I just feel very... I feel um, that all souls are 
way the same. And God doesn't love any group of people more than another. Um, he doesn't visit any group of people more or less than another. And I feel that um, there's so much that we can learn from each other. And obviously, that's why I have kind of just gone out seeking and um, and then shared it with with um, with my people. And I'm hoping that they will embrace it, but then not just like keep it to themselves and do it in their closets and with, you know, like other people that they know do it, you know, like really just like be missionaries and take it to the world and, and just meet all, the, the most amazing Invite people thing, to the Krishna temple. Yeah. The most amazing <laughs> thing is the people you meet when you get on the path of your destiny. And it's always really unexpected what they're going to look like who they're going to be, um, and yeah, and I was going to be in Utah, and well, actually, I feel like I was brought to Utah to um, build bridges, there, there has been historically a lot of polarity here, and the definition of yogi is someone who lives between the polarities of life, sort of between the opposites, um, they still happen, ups and downs come, but the yogi walks in grace sort of in the middle. And that's what I would love to see more of the world doing. And your turn. <laughs> well, I appreciate that because it's a different, a different perspective than I was going to bring to it, and that's why we do these. Um, off the cuff, you should know, there's never any preparation. That is a good and a bad thing. <laughs> It does lead to more organic conversation. We've tried a little preparation, and then you just have the podcast without recording, and then you get, you say, well, how would I say that? That doesn't ever work so well. But the pauses are, are real here as, as we search for words. I, th- I was thinking the, of course, the LDS concept is closely paralleled uh, uh, throughout Judeo-Christianity, and there's a lot of other traditions and other uh, spiritual traditions as well across the globe, of this idea of, uh, and, and the yogi, um, philosophies as well, the thousand years of peace and the age that is coming upon us and what that means and what it means to be one as a people and no manner of ites among them, right? That we, we have a perfect example, a perfect uh, explanation of the Zion Society in 4th Nephi and it, talk, it talks about that. There were, there, were, there were no rich, no poor, no manner of ites. There were no more tribes. There were no more Mormons and Sikhs and atheists or whatever. Uh, there probably were Republicans and Democrats, but, but one group left, I would imagine. <laughs> but you have, anyway, so I was thinking about what that means and what brings it on from a, from a place where, make sure we're still recording, from a place where uh, we currently are that's so far from that, um, globally speaking and societally speaking, the experience is different. I don't think our hearts are necessarily that far. And uh, at your urging, thank you very much. Uh, honestly, and thank you. I'm not being sarcastic. Um, been thinking a lot about love this week and what it is and what it isn't. And that's obviously the binding agent and the catalyst. And Yogi Bhajan talked about how the key to love, to human love of any kind, is you can't see, you, have, you must stop seeing yourself as an individual. You have to see yourself as part of, the, part of the whole race, part of the community, part of the cosmos, 
a functioning, um, in, integral peace, but a peace nonetheless. You can't see yourself as an individual. That's the starting point for pure love and for true love. Um, so anyway, let's, yeah, let me start there. Go ahead. Oh, I just, I have a quote. Please. It's really, it's, by, it's about Guru Nanak, who's the one who kind of started some of this. <laughs> he uh, restored the sound current. But um, basically, let's see, this quote says, a viewpoint, so a lot of us have our own viewpoints. A lot of opinions. There's a lot of opinions out there, aren't there? I had a friend who I'd be like, do you know about this? And she's like, no, but I probably have an opinion on it. (laughs) So, but when you have a viewpoint um, about God, it it means that you stand apart from what you see. Um, But to have, um, not therefore, Nanak says that all the viewpoints are correct, but none is complete. When the partial is proclaimed as complete and perfect, the illusions begin. Let me just say that again. When the partial is com- proclaimed as complete and perfect, the illusions begin. Any sect or organization claims one particular incomplete vi- vision as perfect. One sect stands against another, whereas all sects are different aspects of religion and no one sect is religion. If we are to amalgamate all possible sects that have been, that are, and that will be, then religion will be born. Oh, that was pretty cool. I like that. I like that, and I like the perspective on point of view. That calls to mind 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul talks about, about charity, about pure love, and what it is, and it suffereth long, and is kind, and envieth not, and all this. And then he talks about, then he immediately goes into a, a discussion of when, you're, when you are in possession of pure love, and it is a gift, it is a spiritual gift that is manifest through you from God. When you're in possession of it, suddenly you see things as they really are. You see yourself and others as you are seen and known by God, right? And then he talks about point of view. That's where the, um, I see through a, a glass darkly, right? I'm not seeing what's real. Of course, in Miracles talks a lot about that. It says you, you are 100% responsible for what you see. Well, I'm thinking a lot about this, how um, life is like a, it's like a movie, Right, and you're the director. So whatever you want to point your camera at is what is going to be the show. Whatever you want to zoom in at, and so some people are out there like creating horror films, <laughs> and some people are out there making really amazing abstract. I'd go see it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think of like so we're in Utah County, which is great. Go Cougars. We've got, I can see right out there, and I'm honest about that as well. I know you are. We've got youths in the room. That's fine. That's, you know, like they're here to repent, and that's fantastic. <laughs> Let's talk about that. I'm, Let's talk about that. Oh, Let's talk about that. Let's right do now. that. Let's do this real quick, though. Back to Port Perspective. Anyway, I brought that up, Utah County, because I can see Timpanogos, Mount Timp out here. And this is a, an iconic peak. <laughs> we got somebody in the room in an Oklahoma Sooners shirt, too. I noticed that. But it's an iconic peak out here, and it has, it, you can, it, the view from the valley is, um, is very well known. But you go up the backside, and you look at it from Heber, or you look at it from Tippanique Campground up uh, you know, 
all the way up the top of American Fork Canyon. It's completely different looking. It looks like a different mountain, and if you didn't know you were looking at the same mountain, you would assume that it was. Pictures taken uh, from those different vantage points and perspectives look completely different. It's the same mountain, and it's massive, and it's, it's um, standing there as solid as truth. But I've thought about that a lot because I spent a lot of time in the mountains. But how different they look, but they're the same thing. And I, I have a similar vantage point on religion. Well, um, repentance well, is where you wanted to go. Oh, well, let's talk about, <laughs> like, so it depends on religion, whatever, it depends on who's talking about it, mm-hmm. whether they're talking about a path or a destination. So I think of religion as a destination, and there are many paths. So they all end up at the same place, though. They all end up okay. with the... <laughs> Sorry, Christopher's going to lead us in a little, um, it's like called Celestial Communication Leader. Oh, nice. There is one God and that's a Sorry. <laughs> well, and we played, we, we played with those mantras this morning, didn't we? we did, with the Laya Yoga, the Ekonkar, Satanam, and then I was playing the Mool Mantra in the background, both starting the same way. There is one God, one creation, and I'm one with that. And truth is his name, right? Yeah, I just pulled this up. This was my hook on this morning. And for this cause, you shall have fullness of joy. Did you know that's why we're here? And you shall sit down in the kingdom of my Father. Yea, your joys shall be full, even as the Father hath given me fullness of joy. And you shall be even as I am. And I am even as the Father, and the Father and I are one. And then I guess I already read this because I have a note about it. Yes, you do. It says, Christ invites us all to be as him, an inner experience of God. It is all here in the scriptures. Book of Mor- this was from 35 from the Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon corroborates the yogic God union science that Christ taught. <clears throat> I'm just going to add, add yeah. a testimony to that. That's been something I'm thinking a lot about lately. Um, those that grew up in the LDS church are familiar with the idea that the Book of Mormon merges the worlds of the Old and New Testament and the Judeo-Christian uh, traditions wherever they are. Um, and it does that. It does that effectively. But it also profoundly merges East and West uh, in ways that are, are really powerful and subtle. And I encourage you to look there for that. Um, you mentioned fullness of joy. I thought that's probably why sports don't matter because there's always a winner and a loser. Politics as well, I guess. So much polarity. <laughs> Did you um, want to... Well, I wanted to tell a story by Robert Munch. <laughs> Does anybody know who that is? He's so great. Have you ever read his website all about like his journey? So Robert Munch is his children's writer, and most of his books are really amazingly funny, except for one is kind of creepy. But um, <laughs> that I'll Love You Forever one where his mom like sneaks into his house at night. That one's weird. But he wrote a lot of really funny children's books. And on was, his that website, the pre- was that the prequel to Twilight? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So he wrote a lot of really funny children's books, but um, if you go on his website, he talks about his journey in sort of being a children's writer, and he used to tour around and do readings at schools, and he used to stay with families because he didn't have a lot of money, and he would have really fun adventures with the kids of the families, and he tells this one story about how he was in Canada somewhere, and the kid was like, we're going to go to Mount Everest, so they go out in the backyard hiking, and they can pace this kind of mound out like of dirt right there and so they go on this long trek through this like swamp it's like an hour and they finally get to Mount Everest and it's this hill of dirt and he looks over and he sees the backyard like 20 yards away and he says couldn't we have just come this way 
And the little kid says to him, it's not Mount Everest if you come that way. <laughs> so speaking wow. of paths, there's many so, paths. So, so much there. <laughs> Some people like to go the long way. Well, I, it's related in my life. I've certainly taken the long, uh, circuitous, circuitous uh, suffering route more than once. Um, and, you're, and we're absolutely free to do that. Well, I mean, his, his concept was where you are depends on how you got there. Sometimes it does matter. Sometimes you do need to take the long road. Who knows? Okay. Did you want to talk about repentance or do you want to take questions? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to talking to a woman. Should we talk about the 16 facets of your mind? So, first we've got to talk about sin, if we talk about repentance. Okay, that's yours. Go ahead. Okay. So, what's sin? Anybody know? Like, the way I'd like to sort of define it or redefine it is sin is an obstacle. And a lot of it, so your soul is perfect and pure, but you come in with a body and a mind, these are your tools, but unfortunately they're, you know, the mind likes to play lots of intrigues and do lots of things. (laughs) You get a lot of programming before you're even eight years old. So sin is really just mind crap blocking the window to your soul. And so... Um, the concept of repentance is just returning to God. And all you have to do is clear that window to the soul. And it can take two seconds, or it can take your whole life. And then you add guilt on top of it, and then it just takes longer. So really, like, it's just a, a matter of, like, cleaning that window. And so when we talk about repentance, it's really just returning to God. And, like, how you're going to do that and how long it's going to take you is up to you. Okay, that's all I have to say. All right. These are concepts that within the LDS theology, they get a lot of play, and but not a lot of explanation, maybe. But it's all right there. It's very clear. Um, you know, we get a steps to repentance and do this and then this. And, and we like that as Westerners. We like that as Americans. We have to have, give me a plan, right? Give me, we're also in Utah County, Franklin Covey, right? Give me an ABC list and prioritize. He has some good paradigms. I like him. And he's from Utah County. Um, His son was my home teacher for three years. Was he really? He taught Which me one? all the paradigms. Which one? Josh. Josh? Sean then, played quarterback then, at BYU. And then I learned that his dad was who he was. <laughs> and I finally read the book. And I was like, you've been teaching me all this for years. You have shoulders with all kinds of celebrities down here. No, that was in California. Oh. Felice dated Hans Olsen while she was down Shut here. Shut up! Oh, you are not supposed to put that online! Okay, I won't. <laughs> we'll take it out. <laughs> Sorry about that. What I was going to say about the definitions is... <laughs> that was for like a month. Oh, I don't, was I don't care. <laughs> a nice guy. You know. <laughs> You've broken the sacred. Doesn't matter to me. I didn't know that wasn't public knowledge. I'm sorry. Okay, that's well, fine. they heard it. All those 15,000 take downloads. it out. I take it out. I can post it. It's okay. I, he was a good guy. He was a nice guy. <laughs> He's just a radio personality. <laughs> um, 
anyway, what I was going to say about, about sin and repentance, there's some real specific definitions out there that are really helpful to do what you just said. And I like, I think I may have mentioned it on a previous podcast, I'm not sure, but I like what Hugh Nibley talked about, and he simply defines sin as waste. It's just waste. That's all it is. We have a destiny as divine beings to grow into all that that means. And Yogi Bhajan spent his lifetime teaching us what that meant. And anytime we're doing anything off that path that takes us away or obscures that uh, true identity, it's, uh, it's wasteful of, of our time, of our resources, of our bodies and our gifts. And that's all. It doesn't have to be a big condemnation. That's what it is. And then if you look, to your point, Felice, in the Bible Dictionary in Elder McConkie, he wrote exactly what you just said about repentance. He didn't write any steps. If you just look for a definition under repentance, it just says literally a turning of the heart and mind. And Elder Nelson, in a uh, conference talk two years ago now, well, yeah, no, last year, 2014, talked about how the Hebrew root uh, that is written in the New Testament often, most often as, as um, repentance also has a root of referencing the breath. Yeah. And it's in, a, it's in a conference talk. I believe it's October 14 or 13. Okay, we're going to have to research that. Anyway, changing your mind, your heart, and your breath. Uh, changing your views about God, yourself, and the world. That's what well, Elder McConkie wrote. change your breath, you change your mind. That's right. really helpful. Yeah, and that's why he brought it <laughs> that's up. That's really the only way to well, not the only way. There's also mantra. Um, but let's, uh, let's take questions from the studio audience. Hi. <laughs> no questions about her dating life. Okay. Um, Tika. I just want to know where, where the, you were reading from. The, oh, um, I was reading from a, a book called The True Name. It's by Osho. It's about Gurunanak. It's just kind of a really great chatty book. It's um, not really, I wouldn't recommend it for beginners. <laughs> it's pretty thick, but awesome. We do, to that point, too. I, a lot of you have probably seen it, but we've got a table back there with a lot of books. Um, just as kind of an example for you to... Uh, those are all personal copies of people here. They're not for sale, but just what's available. Oh, my book is for sale. Except yours. Yeah, yours is back um, there. I ordered 20 copies, but they didn't come in time. But I have three copies back there, and if you want to order some now, I can have them shipped right to your house. Hers is the one up on the stand, Awake. As in ancient days, it's wonderful. A lot of you already have it. You were talking to me about it. But anyway, lots of stuff back there you can kind of peruse and see what's available. It's all that's on Amazon. Everything from addiction to the mind book you were reading out of. Um, meditation as medicine. Um, sacred therapies, which goes through the dsm four and does, gives a, a prescription for each diagnosis. It's interesting. So lots of stuff. Questions? Yes, Anna? So, Shauna's question is, how strict do you have to be when you're following the yoga kriyas? Can you cut some out if you don't have time? The answer is no. <laughs> you can shorten the times, though, for each exercise. So, like, 30 seconds? Yeah, you could do 30 seconds for each exercise. You can... And, or you can find a shorter kriya that works. Um, there are, like, 10-minute kriyas and 15-minute kriyas. Are they not in your book? Because all the ones in your book, like, 40 minutes, 60 
there's some that are 20 minutes, 26 minutes, and you can shorten them even more. Like basic spinal energy series, you can just do 26 of each um, thing instead of 108, and that makes it pretty short. And then you can look on 3HO and find some others. I was just talking to someone about um, the Kriya to make you enchantingly beautiful. It's only 15 minutes. You can do that one every morning. Yeah. And it works. Do you have a testimonial on that Kriya? It's all of them. Nicole, are you here? Tell all your story. Just shout it out. I, I can't even remember. I oh, I'll just... I got hit on, like, yeah, she got hit on multiple way. times the same day she did that Kriya. Like, at her son's elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other explanation other than she is beautiful. But, wow. you know, it never happened before at that time and space. No, I mean at that time and space. That's a great story. Yeah, there's um, a lot of great stories. There's, also, there's a lot of shorter Kriyas. Hey, there's some other going. great stories in the room. Yes? Oh, I just wanted to point out that 10 body Kriya, I believe the first three exercises you can do by themselves. Yes. Wake up Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You can do just a couple of warm-ups. Like, cat-cow in itself is a kriya. Three minutes of cat-cow makes you a yogi. It massages all your internal organs, balances your hormones, makes you look younger, and takes wrinkles out of the skin. You could just do that if that's all you have time for. Just do what you can, and then when you feel awesome, add some more. Um, in your book, you've got you know all those different exercises you can do. It seems like I have a hard time because some of them have three and a half minutes, and then you do two and a half minutes, and then it's like one minute, and then so how do you keep all that straight when you're doing it? You have, to have a timer there. Yes, you have a timer, mm -hmm. yeah. and you time it. Um, there's a great app you can get called Kundalini Mobile. It's, it's a little pricey for an app, but if you think about what it would cost you for lots of manuals, but it'll, um, it'll time it for you, and it'll gong when you're done, and then it'll move to the next exercise, you read the description, you can even add music. It's a pretty cool app um, if you want to pay for it, otherwise just use your timer. Yeah, yeah it has a two-week free trial. Um, it's pretty good. So she wants to know why. Why three and a half minutes? Why two and a half minutes? Why one minute? The answer is because Yogi Bhajan said so. And he is the master of Kundalini Yoga. This is, we do it as taught by Yogi Bhajan. I mean, honestly, like there is a deeper reason, and sometimes you can sit and ponder it and figure it out after you've been doing this for a few years. You're like, oh, that's why they did this after this for this many minutes. But just do it. Just do it and feel good. <laughs> Along those lines, I, you know, I'm doing the, the Gampati. How do you say that? Gampati. 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 Um, if you look in one place, it says how to do it one way. If you look in another place, it says how to do it a different way. If you look in another place, and so how do I? Um, you want to look. You want to look at um, like KRI reviewed sources. Mine's KRI reviewed. It should be pretty accurate. You can also there's look. There's other ones that aren't in your book that I'm like, oh, there's so many different ways that people say to do it. Really? What's the major difference? Um, timing, or, you know, just, yeah, timing, or maybe even a little bit of sequence. Hmm. Or even like when we did the Adi Shakti, like, you were doing it a different way than... 
Okay, well, that was, that was just a different meditation. So she's talking about how, why when I look up some things, it's different than other things. This Adi Shakti meditation that I, I taught at a retreat, she said, this is different than the one I was doing. It's not the same meditation. It uses the same mantra. There's a lot of mantras that are used many, I mean, they, they're used in all different kinds of meditations. Right. So just find something that works for you and do it consistently. It's best to have one thing about your sadhana that doesn't change, because then you start to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. You can change up other things. It's good to have maybe like a one meditation that you do for like a couple years, and then maybe try a different one. You can add other ones in and out, but just keep one thing the same. I I feel like that's the gold in this technology that everyone's missing, right? This used to be super secret. I've talked about this before, I know. It used to be super secret technology. And then now Yogi Bhajan shared it openly, um, but he did it in true Aquarian fashion, just like an onslaught of information. That's what you do when someone um, subpoenas you for documents. Go, okay, you want the receipt from 2010? Okay, here's 10 years of receipts. Find it. That's a very political move. Very good. Yeah. Way to go. So, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of like the gold is hidden right in plain sight. But it, and so there are a lot to choose from, and that's the thing is there's a lot of distractions. It's like the internet. So if you can just pick one thing, honestly, you'll be a lot better off than somebody who like does something different every day, you know. And, and it's better to do three minutes a day than thirty-one minutes on Sunday. Consistency. True. No Very one's going to ask any. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. You go for this. <laughs> I get this one a lot. <laughs> um, not being any one of them, I cannot speak to their intent. That's the simplest way to put that. And, but let me, let me follow it up by saying I think that's intentional. The lack of specificity, I am confident 100% is intentional. Okay? Whatever speaks to you. Okay, this is, I've taught a lot of classes in, in the church. I've taught gospel doctrine for quite a bit. And I've heard the question, not as often as I used to, honestly. In fact, hardly ever anymore. But I used to hear quite a bit, well, what do we believe? <laughs> you know, I don't know what you mean by that. What do I think? Are you asking what? Bruce McConkie wrote in Mormon Doctrine. What are you asking when you ask, what do we believe? Um, this is the Aquarian age. It's time to get your own experience, and that's what the brethren are meaning when they say meditate. It means uh, find what works for you. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I do know it's more than we think. It's true. It's true. Elder Maxwell, that's true. Sheepskin rugs. Sheepskin rugs. Um, so no one's going to ask about the head covering? Someone always asks this. Okay, why do we? Why do you cover your head? Okay, um, I have answered this so many times, so many different ways. Um, Really, you have so uh, many different ones. This is two today. They're both on. I have two of them. Uh, One on top of the other. It's an underwear turban, and then the turban (laughs) on top of it. Is that is that how you look for it on Amazon? I don't know. Ask Koshby. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a different answer this time. Okay. 
So I'll give the other answers later. But the, the answer is, is like, you don't have to cover your head. If you want to, you'll get more. If you don't want to, you're not going to lose anything. It's like the sandwich on the table. If I eat it, I'm going to get more. If I don't eat it, I'm not going to lose anything, right? And like, yes, we do cover our heads when we come into the presence of God. But like in this technology, you are God. So if you decide you don't want to cover your head, it's okay, right? Like God and me are one, whatever. But if you want more, just try it. Like, and it's, it's best to cover the crown chakra, but if you want to cover it, like, like the real deal is to cover the whole hairline and you'll get a cranial adjustment and it'll contain all of the energy. My, um, uh, one of my students uh, emailed me, actually it's in the book, it's a quote in the kids section. She says, Mom, that meditation was so good. I'm going to keep my head covered all day to hold it in. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a point of reference just for people like me. It is your natural hairline, maybe not your current <laughs> hairline. All right, I think that's time. Is that time? Do we have any One other questions? questions? Ah. Do you have a large, sharp stick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, qu- oh, the question was, how do you handle resistance from family members, and I'm sure anybody in <laughs> your life? Does anyone have family members? If you think you're enlightened, go visit your family. You just yes. keep going. You keep walking on your path with grace. You can't change other people. No. You just have to just... Keep up and be your best self and pray for them. You know, like a mother's prayer, a, a wife's prayer is very, very powerful. And um, you let you let them have their choice. That's why we're here. I mean, we're the, as much as this is the only planet that has agents, like that has free choice. Like, and like all the angels want to incarnate on this planet because that's where they have the most opportunity for growth. So we fought really hard for that. So let other people have it, you know? And if they're bugging you, if they're in your face, just go inside, have an experience of how you would like them to feel and try to project from that place. Like try to feel in you how you would hope that they would feel and just project from there and just be kind. And it, and. It may not, I mean, people can try to resist that, but if you pray for someone to feel better and be happier every day, you know, they might try, but eventually they might feel happier. But it, can, it just depends on your intention. Just, just pray for them. But I've told this story before too, but you can't really be upset about something someone's not doing. Like if your spouse doesn't pick up their socks, but you can be upset. So what's the story I tell? You can't be mad at me, Jill, for not taking you on a helicopter ride here. But you can't be mad at me for anything I said since I got here. <laughs> okay? You can't be mad at me for not singing you love songs at four in the morning. <laughs> but you can be mad at me for anything that I do, right? But even then, like, you got to pick your battles. Like, what's important to you? What do you want to amplify? Where are you going to point your camera and zoom in? Most people just want to be accepted. You too. 
you want to be accepted. But if, if you're not getting that, just give that out. If you give that out, you're going to get that back. So think about maybe where you're not accepting certain family members. And maybe just loosen, loose, like wiggle that around a little and see, I don't know, just play with it. And with your, med- your daily meditation, just go in and, and ask for ask for some grace. It's a vibratory frequency, isn't it? You get what you, what you send out. <clears throat> I talked to somebody who he was really, well, there's a number of ways to look at it. You, um, if somebody's reflecting, you, you, reflecting back to you uh, dissatisfaction with your practice, is that reflecting something in you? Maybe uh, um, you haven't fully committed to something yet. The first guideline of the Aquarian Age, Yogi Bhajan taught to bring this full circle as we wrap up now to the one heart and one mind. Because the other person is you. And they reflect you. And so when you pray for them, it's not, please help them to see the light that I'm doing. Help them to find their path. And so that together we can... can, fulfill the dharma or the destiny of our family or our community and eventually our world. <clears throat> and then you have to be really willing to be the ears if they're the nose, right? Those okay. two don't do the same things. The ears can't smell. Okay. And the nose can't hear. And if you want them to do something exactly the same thing you're doing or vice versa... Um, you have to have a functioning, this is Paul again, the body of Christ. Everything has to function together for it to work. Um, Yogi Bhajan also mentioned this is the only planet with... Pee and poop. Pee and poop, yeah. <laughs> so that's, I guess, the homework, right? To, to ponder about what pee and poop have to do with agency. <laughs> so those two are unique to this planet, evidently. We should right, probably so, leave it there. Satnam, let's close there. Satnam. <laughs>